Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Technicians and assistants are the lifelines of the veterinary clinic. I was so excited to have two wonderful women, Amanda Friedek from Texas A&M University and Shannon Carroll from Animal Dermatology Clinic Portland in Oregon, where I practice out of. They join us today to talk about the role of technicians and how vital they are to managing a dermatology clinic. You're also going to hear about an amazing program coming out by Zoetis um, for credentialed technicians where we can learn the basics of site appoint and how it can really help allergic dogs and how we can have them come in for these site appointments so we can provide the best care for them and keep them comfortable. I really hope you enjoy our discussion. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the DermVet podcast. I am really excited because this is an episode we have not done before, and that is really focusing on the importance of how our technicians and assistants can really help us in the clinic. Um, I can tell you as a dermatologist that my um, technicians and assistants are like my lifesavers. They keep me on track. They catch my mistakes. I mean, truly, they're the heart and soul of our clinic. And I'm very excited today because I get to welcome licensed veterinary technician, um, Amanda Oh my goodness. I just realized Frida. Is that how you say your yeah, last name? Yeah. Oh, got it. Yes. Excellent. Uh, so I have bourgeois, so I'm used to people asking my last name, um, but she is from Texas A&M university. And then the practice manager at my own clinic, animal dermatology, uh, clinic, Portland in Oregon, Shannon Carroll. So we are going to talk about, um, technicians and really what they can do to help us with our dermatology patients. Cause we all know you guys, uh, keep us in check you streamline things. You sit there tapping your watch when the doctor's going way over time, or at least maybe that's just me. I don't know. It happens a lot to me. Um, we're all really, really busy. And so having that team effort where our uh, entire staff and doctors are all working together is really important. Um, so let's start with Amanda. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a dermatology technician? Yeah, um, I've been working at Texas A&M now for a little over 25 years. Um, I've been strictly dermatology for 18 of those. Um, I've licensed in Texas, and I also have a specialty uh, tech license in dermatology. Um, I currently am on the board of regents for our specialty, as well as the examination and uh, credentialing committees for those. Um, I've been a single mom of a seven-year-old at home. I have a ginormous Maine Coon Cross cat. Um, I also have a, I'd like to call her a long-term foster. I'm babysitting for 10 months. So um, got one of those at home. And then I have my big goofy Rhodesian Ridgeback that I do a lot of um, confirmation and agility with. Wow. That's amazing. Can, so a lot of people actually might not know about um, the ability to s- specialize and get additional certification as a technician. Can you just tell me a little bit about that? Like what that kind of entailed? Oh, yes. Um, it's, it's a process for sure. Um, there's applications you have to fill out and then skills lists that you have to do, as well as um, case lists and uh, case reports that have to be done. Uh, once all of that is gone through and approved, then you've 
get to sit and take the actual exam for it, which is completely nerve wracking. <laughs> um, I can, I can attest to that. Uh, derm boards are definitely not fun and I bet it was pretty intense yeah. and, and detailed. How long did that whole process take you? Um, start to finish from when I turned in my first application to actually sitting the test, I want to say it was about three years. That's wow. And you're working and doing everything else mm-hmm. while you're doing that too. And yeah, that's a, uh, that's a big plateful, but something yeah. I'm sure that you have found useful or you've really enjoyed. Yes, very much. So I, I actually learned quite a bit studying for the boards, which I guess is a good thing. Um, cause they, they give you about eight months once you get approved to sit for the boards to when you actually have to physically sit for them. Wow. Well, that's awesome. It's, it's, I think it's really um, fascinating just to hear the different journeys and kind of different things that we do with our passions. Shannon, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you? Yeah. Um, so I've been in the veterinary field for about eight years now. Um, I started out as a receptionist, um, in general practice, worked my way up to a veterinary assistant. Um, then I found my way into dermatology, which I absolutely love. Um, And I've been the practice manager here at Animal Dermatology Clinic Portland um, for about the past two years. Um, I live out in the country with my husband, Tom. Um, We have an Australian Shepherd Yukon um, and some chickens. Um, We're actually expecting our first child in August. Yay! Yay. (laughs) So exciting. Um, And then uh, Amanda and I I can both attest to the life of a motherhood and working, but it it is a journey, but it is an amazing one. And as you know, oftentimes, uh, at least for me, work is kind of the break. So I come in and I'm like, (laughs) this morning was crazy. So let's see some dogs. Like, yeah, it's time. Uh, well, perfect. Well, let's jump right in. Um, so Amanda, let's start with you. Can you give me some examples of how you and your technician colleagues like assist the dermatologists when you're at Texas A&M and I know both of them. I know both of the dermatologists there and they're wonderful people. So what kind of does that look like during a typical day on a university setting for dermatology? Okay. Um, a typical day here, um, honestly, it starts out probably like any other clinic in the country. I mean, you know, you get in, you clean up, free stock, have everything like that. Um, my service, it's only me. I'm the only technician here. Um, so I don't have, don't have any colleagues to lean on, but, um, with me, I've got four to five students typically on any given rotation. So it runs a little different than a GP because my students do a lot of the face-to-face contact with the owners. Most of the time, um, certain rotations, we don't have students and we all know that goes a little bit more smooth without students sometimes. Um, but typically with my students, um, I handle all the restraint on the animals, especially the more aggressive ones, just because you want to make sure everybody's safe. Um, I go over with students on how we take our cytologies. I do all the interpretation of our cytologies for our doctors so that they don't have to worry about that aspect of things. Um, I kind of try to run over the cases with the students just so they're kind of prepared when they actually talk to the doctors about what their plan would be and, and that type of thing and go over treatment options and those type of things. So I know when I was going through vet school, I often learned like the most, at least of, like clinically doing things and, um, you know, putting cases together in my mind from the technicians and assistants. It's like, do you feel like, um, kind of that hands-on approach you have with students really gives you the ability to kind of teach them quite a bit that they will take with them when they go into general practice? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely try and give them more practical aspect of the clinics where the doctors are really focused on more the medical background type 
aspects of the rotation. Yeah. Which both are super necessary, Mm -hmm. you know, as we know, once we get in the real world of managing patients and different, you know, budgets, emotions, um, different temperaments of animals, like we have to be flexible and real life, real world dermatology is something Mm -hmm. that we have to be able to do. Now, I'd love to chat with Shannon about some of the similarities and differences because, you know, we have some students that rotate through, but it's, it's not obviously going to be the same um, as a university setting. So can you kind of describe to me how you and our other technicians assist, you know, myself and the other dermatologists at our clinic in a typical day with our busy practice? Yeah. So, um, a lot of what the technicians and I do is really focused on client communication. Um, so we gather patient histories, we go over estimates and treatment plans and discharge instructions with the clients. Um, I think one of our main goals is really making sure that the clients understand what the doctor is recommending, um, and what they need to do when they get home to help treat their pet. Um, Then, of course, we also go into the exam rooms and help restrain patients. Um, We help the doctors gather um, samples like cytologies, um, cultures, and then we also assist in procedures like um, allergy testing, biopsies, and videotoscopies. Um, And then, you know, we help answer questions kind of wherever we're needed as well. So So let's say how much percentage wise do you guys feel like is communication? Because for me, like, I feel like such a huge portion of dermatology is, is talking, which I don't have a problem with obviously. Um, which is probably why I found this field, but it's, it is communication. And honestly, I think that our technicians and our assistants do some of the most communicating. So Shan, do you feel like a, you know, predominant amount of what the technicians are doing are phone calls, you know, talking to clients, discharges, like how important do you think it is for the technicians in our clinics to have like foundational knowledge? You know, yeah, of course, they're not going to probably know some of the uh, specific things that we would know as dermatologists, but how is important, how important is it for them to have a foundational knowledge of allergies and what we expect from these pets? I mean, it's, incredibly important. I would say, you know, 90 to 99% of what we do is communication. So really making sure that our technicians are understanding what they're talking to clients about. Um, I mean, you doctors are fantastic in answering questions that we have so that we can go and then answer those questions for the clients as well. Um, but that, you know, foundational knowledge, like you talked about is incredibly important for our technicians to know. Yeah. Amanda, do you feel the same way? Like having, I mean, I know you went through that training, but anyone, even in a general practice where there are, they are going to be dealing with a lot of allergies, like really taking the time to make sure like our staff is well-trained and flares are going to happen. What, why are we spending money on a cytology? Like, do you feel that it's pretty essential in our day-to-day practice? It, it really is. I mean, not only speaking with the clients, but with me, you know, also being able to relay information to the students as well, as well as the doctors. Yeah. And just being able to be supportive. I think that's, what's really important is besides me going in and saying, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to start this medication. You know, if they call in because the pet's flaring or they call in because they look at an estimate and they're like, well, why are we doing this therapy? Or why was the cytology done? Like really a lot of times you guys are the ones talking to the clients and answering those questions. So knowing that we kind of are on the same team, like we feel confident in what we're practicing. We feel confident in how we're managing these cases, I think is extremely important. 
Um, so I do want to move on and chat about cytology because, you know, in the Durham world, we are all pretty obsessed with it. Um, I think pretty universally. So there's many different ways that we can implement cytology and really utilizing our technicians to help us with this. And, you know, every practice is very different. Some practices, technicians become trained to actually read the sample, you know, at our practice, um, I guess we're a bit greedy. Like we really love to read the samples, maybe just because we are getting some of the more complicated cases that aren't responding. Um, but we've really trained our technicians, especially with how busy we are to help us collect them um, with some of our cases. So let's start with Shannon. Can you tell me a bit about some of the cytology exams? Because as we have moved into this very, very busy time in our clinic, you know, we're having to utilize more of having the pets come in and, and just do a cytology. So walk me through that a bit. Yeah. So, um, Oftentimes our doctors are wanting to recheck a cytology, typically around the four week mark, um, just to make sure that medications are working and that, you know, the treatment plan doesn't need to be adjusted at all. Um, so we started to offer these cytology exams for those patients who may need to have a cytology checked, but don't necessarily need to have an exam with the doctor quite yet. Um, so they're scheduled as a technician appointment. Um, and when the patient gets here, the technicians just go over a brief history with the client just to make sure that they think the medication is working, um, or if they don't think it is, why, um, and whether or not their pet is improving. Um, and then we bring them back to the treatment area. We gather that cytology sample and prepare it for the doctor. But then the doctor does take a look at that slide um, and make recommendations based on what they see. Um, you know, I personally think that these exams have been really beneficial in making sure that these infections are being treated appropriately, while one, saving the client time and money, and two, freeing up space on the doctor's schedule so that they can see appointments that might need to be seen more urgently. Yeah. And that's kind of an adjustment we've had to make, you know, ideally we always love to have them come back and, you know, do a full exam. But when our practice, even though we try to book out, you know, um, anticipated recheck exams, when, um, we have exams that we're not open for eight weeks. Like I really want to make sure we can at least make sure the infection is responding. And so as we start talking about, you know, um, these technicians exams or giving side point injections, things like that. I think it's really important to point out a few things you mentioned. We're still checking in with the patient. Like you guys are really, you're not just bringing the patient back, but how do you feel like they're doing? Um, you know, we're still getting a sample um, and we still, to follow up on that, we still book them out for a true doctor exam further down the road, but we just may want that comfort to make sure we've checked infection in between there where maybe we're a little strapped for appointment times. Um, so Amanda, I'd love to kind of hear from your side, how, when you have a new technician, say you guys hire a new technician, you're going to kind of train them in dermatology and they're going to perform interpret cytology samples. You know, what are some of the basics you start out with to make them feel comfortable? Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's not only for the technicians, but you know, I also teach the students every rotation they come through. I mean, they learn their cytologies from me when they're here. Yeah. Um, I always tell them, you know, cytology, it's really learning sizes, shapes, and colors. Uh, the more you look at it, the more you're going to understand what you're seeing. Um, I usually start them out. Um, I go through all the slides that come through our service. Uh, doesn't matter who it is. And I always keep a record of what I'm finding. And so I recommend that they just kind of go behind me, look at the same slides, double check to see if they are seeing what I'm seeing. And if not, you know, ask questions. I don't, I walk through slides with them when they need it. Um, 
as we get further along and they get more comfortable, then it's, well, why don't you look at it first? And then I'll look at it after you and we'll kind of see and compare, making sure that everyone's seeing what they're, they're supposed to see. Um, I also have made a uh, teaching slide set for our students. It's a hundred slides that actually come with a um, picture illustration book of what they should be seeing on those particular slides, which seems to help quite a bit because there's not a really good cytology book out there for skin. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's amazing. You could probably publish that. Um, I get asked all the time about that and you're right. Mm -hmm. There are cytology books, but a lot of them are focused on like aspirates, um, yeah. things of that nature. So you better watch out, uh, because you might get a lot of contacts asking for, uh, copies of this hundred page book. No, I think that's great. And I agree with a lot of the things you say when I'm kind of training students or veterinarians about cytology one, I say, it's like anything else practice, practice, practice. Like mm -hmm. if I collect a sample and we have a student visiting and they collect one, they'll say, why is yours so much better? I'm like, I have only done dermatology for over a decade now. Like I do this all day, every day. Like it is practice. I mean, it's a, it's a skill you can get good at pretty quickly, but it is still something you have to practice. Another thing I always suggest to veterinarians who maybe don't feel comfortable with it. And this would be the same for technicians, technicians who maybe want to get better at collecting cytology, but don't feel comfortable. You know, if you have, um, if you're in a busy general practice and you have space neuters, um, you know, you have, uh, dentals like practice taking samples on them, you know, when they're, um, still, you know, when you're not having that two-year-old lab, who's jumping around. And I say the same thing for otoscopy, like practice on these patients, you know, you can just get your technique down, you can get the feeling down. And I think that helps a lot and find someone who feels comfortable. So like you said, you feel really comfortable. So you have, you look at the slide, then you have the technicians or the students look at the slide. You know, if there's questions or you guys are way off, like they thought melanin granules or bacteria, like you guys can talk through that, um, visualization and just repetition, repetition is so, so important. And the other thing I always mention with cytology is just get really comfortable with the basics to start with, like yeast rods, cocci, like neutrophils, you know, you can just think certain things are weird. You don't always have to know that's an acantholytic keratinocyte. You know, that's a neoplastic cell. Just say that's weird. Like, you know, maybe someone else should look at it or maybe we should send it in or maybe we should biopsy. Um, so I think those are just, you know, wonderful things. Now there's different ways to collect cytology. Like I always, you know, I very much do mostly direct impression smear. Um, Amanda, what do you guys predominantly do? Like, do you tape? Do you do mostly direct smears? It's, it's very situational. Um, we do a lot of directs like everybody else. We use a lot of tape. Uh, tape is the bane of my existence, but it is fantastic. <laughs> Um, we do uh, damp swabs periodically, depending on what we are dealing with. I mean, teaching facility, I try and teach them every way possible, just so that it, they can kind of, kind of decide on their own, you know, what they're comfortable with, which ones they like. I mean, you can get your answer many different ways. And honestly, as long as they get the answer, I'm okay with whichever way they want to do it. Yeah. T totally agree. Um, sometimes I think people get intimidated how many ways there are to cytology. And I'm like, just, just pick your two or three ways you love and get really, really good at those. And even us as dermatologists, you know, I don't really tape much at all, but others love it. So it's really just getting comfortable with what you want to do as far as your yeah. collection method in the end, as long as you're doing it and you're comfortable with it, I think yeah. that's, what's most important. Tape is uh, hard. It, it yeah. is hard to interpret. 
There's a lot yeah. of stuff that comes with tape and that's, yes. I'm with you. Like I find it very muddy. Like there's so much stuff I have to look through, but I, I inner digital spaces, you know, perioral yeah. periocular. Like I do understand how sometimes it can be really beneficial, especially in those cases. Yes. Um, and we chatted about communication, but we're so obsessed with it as dermatologists because it is so important. Um, so I do want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that. So we talked about phone calls, discharges, like, you know, these are often discussed with the technicians are often really relaying and solidifying the plan that we put in place. So, you know, let's go to Shannon. When we dive a bit deeper into this topic, you know, collecting history, diagnostic results, when we get certain tests back, treatment plan, follow-up calls, how's the pet doing, you know, how do you assist the veterinarian in all of this communication? Cause it be, can be kind of daunting. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, first I want to say when I'm interviewing technicians, one of the main things that I'm looking at is their communication style, um, you know, and how I think they're going to be in communicating with clients just because technicians here are so client facing in their role, um, you know, in terms of helping the doctors, you know, the technicians are the ones that, you know, we greet the client first, we go into the room, we collect that patient history, and then we have to be really good at then relaying that history to the doctor so that the doctor can then go into the room and fully understand like what they're walking into basically. Um, and then, you know, when lab results come in, those go to the doctor for them to interpret, but then the technicians are the ones that then call the client to go over, you know, next steps. And, you know, do we need to draw more labs? You know, do we need to start new medication and things like that? Um, and then we get so many phone calls <laughs> from clients with questions and concerns. And, you know, again, those can go to the doctor if they have specific recommendations, but our technicians are the ones calling them back. And if we need, you know, further information from the clients, the technicians are the ones that gather that information and they really know which questions to ask in order to get all of the information. So then the doctor can help further answer those questions. Yeah. I think that's super important. And I know for you, Amanda, it's going to be a little, a little different. Cause you have the students, like you said, that are really helping you facilitate a lot of that. Tell me about communication within the university setting. I mean, with my students and even I have a resident as well. And so, I mean, she's almost done with her residency, but you're still in the learning process on, on things. Um, so there are times that I do histories and front facing all of that stuff typically during like holidays we don't have students but most of the time it's my students that are going up getting that um I'm quite comfortable doing it but they have to do it to learn it um with communications any like after case communication so next day whatever that I usually take care of probably 99% of those um most of those I can handle pretty much without needing a doctor to take care of them because a lot of them are like you know they're nauseous when they get the atopica or, you know, they started vomiting yesterday when they got home or something, you know, something simple. That's really easy for me. I've been working with my doctors for going on 12, 13 years now. And so there are a lot of situations I know how they're going to handle. And so a lot of them I can go ahead and take care of without even having to bother the doctor right now. And then I just bring it to their attention at the end of the day. Here's the ones I've talked to today. Their communications are in BMS are in our computer systems. They can go and if they have something extra to add, I can call the owners back and add that. Um, certain ones, um, typically I'll call it, especially if we just need more information, you know, what exactly is going on? They've called and said, well, the patient's vomiting. Great. So they're feeling bad, you know, all the other stuff that goes along with that, just trying to figure out, um, get a better picture for my doctors to give it to them. 
And then once we get that information, it's typically me that's calling them back to relay all that information and test results and those type of things. Yeah, I think it's really important, as you mentioned, like having that comfort level, um, not that we're still not like, obviously, we're still going to want to know about those other things as a doctor like that happen. But, you know, if we're in a busy, a busy appointment day to have that um, confidence that you can kind of at least give some um, direction of what they can do right then. And then, you know, we'll touch base with the doctor, um, being able to give that reassurance to the client, I think is really important. Um, and for us, it's really appreciated to know that they can feel at ease. Like we'll kind of decide what we need to do when we could really look into the record and really dive into that topic. But at least you guys being able to communicate with them, like, Hey, you know, let's, stop a med. Let's do this. I'm going to bring it to the doctor's attention. Um, but it might be the end of the day or tomorrow, but at least they can feel confident that they were heard and that there's some mm-hmm. kind of plan in place while we get our bearings with that. Um, and one thing that's really exciting, Amanda, I want to pick your brain on, cause I know you've been working on this is the new technician certification program that's been sponsored by Zoetis and it's launching in March and mm-hmm. it provides training to licensed technicians on giving those follow-up cytopoint injections. So we kind of talked about that a little bit, but I want to dive more into it. How will this program help veterinarians with their dogs who are on cytopoint for treatment of allergic and atopic dermatitis? Yeah, well, according to Zoetis market research, you know, 46% of these follow-up cytopoint injections, um, they are being given by the veterinary technicians. And so at Zoetis, we want to make sure that even if the technicians practice are already doing this, that the technicians are feeling very comfortable about actually doing the injections and not just going in there and willy-nilly give injection out the door type of thing. Um, Our derm service for the past three years have been doing cytopoint injections. Um, it's really helped with being able to work around the owner's schedule. And so when they call in, I have usually I can do Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon or whatever. And it gives the owner a lot more leeway as to time frame. So it's not like I have a nine o'clock available and that's it. It's I, I can do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or whatever. And then we can work around the owner's schedule just to make sure that they're actually coming back for these appointments. And it just makes it really easy for them. And if we can get them in at a very timely manner and it's very easy for the owners, then it really streamlines the patient care and really helps us support those, those patients that with the atopic dermatitis and allergies. Yeah. And Shannon, would you say it's pretty similar to our clinic? Like we have a lot of cytopoint injections come in, but, you know, again, kind of going back to, there's always a little brief history. How are things going? You know, maybe a quick bring up to the doctor. Like, do you feel like that's pretty similar in our clinic? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, our page, like when we go up front to get the patient, our technicians are asking like, how, how is your pet doing? What's their itch level? Um, you know, even if there's little spots, like we had a patient actually come in the other day for Cytopoint who was a little red on the belly and the technician was like, Hey, maybe I should show the doctor this, (laughs) um, you know, just to take a quick look at, um, or ask the client about it to see if they're concerned about it, or even if they knew what was going on. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It's, that's really the nice thing about Cytopoint is yeah. Like, you know, we're all really busy. So we're not always able to do like full, like 30 minute exams on all of them. But a lot of times we can do quick adjustments like topical therapy. If maybe it's the beginning of a flare or something like that. So I'm really excited to hear about this program. Amanda, can you describe it in a little bit more detail, just what the program is? 
there are two parts to the program. Uh, first, the technician listens to a 12-minute presentation given by me about Cytopoint Point and the program that they will receive as a link in an email from Zoetis beginning in March. Um, after reviewing the video, they can sign up for the toolkit that they can use to get started the program in their practice. Um, their Zoetis rep will also follow up with them and the practice to see how the program's going, and they can provide any kind of assistance or resource, uh, resources as needed. Yeah, I think that's really great because not only knowing some of the basics of the therapy, but feeling really confident. Why are we giving this? You know, um, having that follow up too from the rep, just really answer any questions because those things are always popping up, like you know, the questions about certain situations with the medication or them coming in, what we're looking for. So I think it provides a lot of reassurance to the client, but also makes technicians and assistants feel really comfortable. Um, so the actual, you mentioned a training video. Can you tell us kind of what's in that training? video? Yeah. Um, so in the video, we review um, what med- what side of point is, uh, how it works to treat allergic dermatitis and um, atopic dermatitis. Um, we'll also uh, talk about how the dogs and owners, which ones are good fit for the program and share information on how to communicate with these owners about how the program works, um, including when they should know to see a, a veterinarian. So it's just because they're there doesn't mean Sometimes they need to, sometimes they come in and it's like, you are having a flare. We cannot do this today. We need to have a vet look at them. And so it's kind of goes into what your plan is going to be if that happens. Cause that's something you really need to have ahead of time and not just sit there going, uh, what, what do I do? What do I do? You really need to have a plan in advance so that, you know, they come in and you see it. You're like, okay, this is, this is our protocol from here on out. Um, we also discuss the questions to ask the owner when they come in for their appointment uh, and what to look for in the physical exam. Um, we review the side point dosing guide and how to administer the, the injections based on the dog's weight and we'll cover the importance of booking those appointments in advance before they leave for the next appointment, for the next injection. <clears throat> um, we also uh, will share the um, resources that will come in that program toolkit that they'll get. Yeah, I think that's really great because again, having that check in with them, like, how's the dog doing? Like, little things that you guys can feel comfortable kind of um, bringing to our attention. It really helps us with these flares that we know all allergic dogs are going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there seems to be an issue, then can we really encourage clients? Like, sometimes having them come and be like, oh, no, I think we really should schedule, let's get you on the books for a true, you know, doctor examination can be really um, helpful for the client too, because they may mm-hmm. not, some, know something's a big deal, or, you know, maybe it's just the start of something that could become a really bad infection for that client. Um, so there's always better follow through when we can see these patients more frequently, even for these cytopoint injections. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned a toolkit. What's, uh, what's exactly in that toolkit? Yeah. So the toolkit, um, it comes with a, its own cytopoint folder, uh, that has the dosing guide in there. Um, it also has the program reminders, uh, with communicating tips, communication tips for the owners. It has a uh, tear-off pad with a checklist of the questions to ask the owners. It makes it really easy when you go up to pull these animals from, uh, from the front. Um, it also comes with a laminated skin image lesion sheet um, and also a cytoplan that we can give the owners that includes the next uh, appointment date actually on the reminder and, and a, of course, an owner brochure about cytopoint for them. Oh, I love that. I love forward booking the side of points. I think that's really important. Like, especially when we deal with these, um, 
dogs, you know, more prolonged, we can kind of know what is the frequency that works for you. Is there a time of year where we need to change things, but it's really easy in our crazy world to forget. And I think that sometimes the flares we see where it's been actually like several months and, you know, they've just kind of forgotten that side point was even something they were supposed to do. And when we get them on that plan, I know for me, like myself, I have to book things in advance or I completely forget to do it. So I think that's really, really important. Shannon, now that you've kind of heard of this program, what do you think of it? I mean, I think it's a fantastic opportunity um, for technicians really to learn about Cytopoint, um, you know, why and how it's given and to really like get themselves comfortable with talking to clients um, about the benefits of their pet being on that medication. Yeah. Kind of going back to the things we mentioned of having that foundational knowledge, like having that confidence and what, you know, the doctor's recommending that you're really supporting. Um, so you did, Amanda mentioned something about like certain dogs and owners really being a good fit for this particular program. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So the program is for dogs that are well-controlled on Cytopoint without flare-ups of allergic dermatitis. It's also for dogs where the veterinarian and the owner have agreed that this is the long-term treatment of choice for the patient. Is meant to control allergic dermatitis with a series of regular injections, ideally administered before the flares, not to treat dogs with severe flares of allergic dermatitis or secondary infections. <clears throat> Specifically, it's a program for dogs which have had these two injections administered by the veterinarian so we know how long Cytopoint is going to last for that dog. The program should be offered to owners with a good record of keeping their appointments. And finally, dogs in the program need to see their veterinarian once a year for an exam, as is recommended for any pet with a chronic disease, such as allergic or atopic dermatitis. Yeah, what I'm definitely hearing is this is not, we saw an initial exam, cite a point, okay, we'll just from the get-go set you up for these. This is, we have established the plan. Like this is what works. This is the frequency, you know, you are well controlled. Um, Like you said, we're not coming in because all of a sudden we're an itchy mess. Like we are well-controlled pets. This is our plan. We have established this plan with a veterinarian and this is how we're moving forward. Um, So say we have that established plan. How would a veterinarian go about like setting up this program with the pet owner and their technician? Yeah, so um, you always want to set the expectations with the owners. Um, So before you do the first technician appointment, you really want the veterinarian to sit down and discuss with the owner about what to expect. When is this animal actually going to need to see the doctor versus just coming in for the injection? Um, Also, you want to make sure that um, the criteria is actually established with the owner. You know, as long as this is going on, this is what we can do. If it goes outside of what we consider um, well-established, then rechecks are gonna be needed because everybody wants to stay with the, well, this is what's been going on. Well, obviously right now it's not working. So we need to have that set in advance. The owners don't get surprised when you look at the dog and go, hey, this is really what we need to do. Um, We also, uh, veterinarian should introduce the technician that's going to be doing the side of point injection Uh, so that when the owners come in for their actual technician appointment, they have an idea of who it is they're actually going to be seeing, and they can go ahead and start establishing that, that trust relationship with that technician. And so again, what I'm hearing is communication, communication, communication. So we have established, this is what works. We have established, we can do this as long as, you know, this is what we're seeing. And And if it's not working, this is what we are going to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, like you said, you set up the expectation, like what I always tell owners, what, even when I'm managing a well, um, you know, well-controlled allergy dog, 
and I say, okay, we can spread out rechecks. It's always with the caveat, like, except if, you know, right. they have this, they flare, I expect a flare to happen. Mm-hmm. So if that, ha- when that happens, let me know. So it is setting the, up the expectation. Like we can do this as long as, you know, they right. are doing well. So communication is just, n- you can tie it into any aspect of dermatology we really talk about. So we kind of talked about, we've set up the dog. We know, you know, this is the program that's going to work. So then the dog comes in, what does a typical side appointment technician appointment look like as it's outlined in that program? So what you would do, of course, you would start by asking the owner the series of questions just to make sure that they are doing well today. So that's going to be in the toolkit they'll receive. Um, always perform a basic examination of the skin, the hair coat and the ears, um, as well as flea combing to make sure there's no obvious external parasites on them. Uh, you want to make sure that you notice any, note any kind of hair loss, uh, bumps, sores, ear redness, or anything along those lines in the patient record if it is noted. And um, they can always refer to the uh, laminated images of skin infection that's in their toolkit if they have any questions about what they are actually seeing. Um, if any of the lesions are noted, then they need to let the owner know that the dog needs to be seen by the veterinarian. And like I said, that should be established in advance what kind of protocol your, your clinic is going to use, whether it's um, leaving the animal for the day and the vet uh, hopefully getting to them at some point during the day or, okay, we're going to go and get the side appointment today, but we need to make a recheck appointment for tomorrow to come back so that we can get this taken care of. But that should be set up well in advance before you even start doing these appointments. Um, and then always, always, always set up the next uh, follow-up appointment. Um, they can use the uh, side of plan and the side appointment tools that are in the toolkit as well to help with that. Yeah. The follow-up is just so important. We're dealing with dogs mm-hmm. that have chronic disease, you know, allergic atopic dermatitis. So we want to make sure the follow-up is well established and that we're setting those expectations, like you mentioned. So, you know, I know in our clinic, the technicians are always helping us educate owners about rechecks. You know, if they call in to cancel it, they're the first ones to say, well, here's why we do them and why it's important. Or if they're flaring, like, you know, yes, you know, they flare with allergies. So it's really important to have that um, kind of set up. Shannon, what are ways you feel like we utilize technicians that encourages that follow-up? Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the best ways to encourage follow-up is to actually schedule that follow-up while the patient is still in the building with us. Mm -hmm. Um, At our clinic, we have computers in all the exam rooms. So when the technician is going over those discharge instructions, they can see like when the doctor is recommending that follow-up exam, so they can just get right on the computer and do our appointment scheduler and schedule something right then and there. Um, you know, if a client calls for a medication refill or with questions or concerns, um, the staff is really like the entire staff, not just technicians are really good about looking through that patient chart and seeing when a recheck is due. And if it's not scheduled being like, oh, hey, and I see you're due for a recheck at this time. Let's go ahead and get you on the schedule while I have you on the phone. Um, you know, and we've really trained our technicians to be also very knowledgeable in why follow-up is super important in terms of like managing allergies and certain disease processes. And I think that knowledge and then spreading that knowledge to the clients has been super beneficial in making sure that our clients are coming back and that those patients are getting that follow-up care. Yeah, definitely that, you know, scheduling, getting them on the books like that, um, like you said, they call in for a refill overdue, like bring it up, like mention it. Like sometimes life just gets away from all of us and that happens. And so just having all those checkpoints, like 
calling for refills, you know, calling because the pet's flaring, oh, you're overdue for a recheck or we should get you in. Like just really putting the importance on that. If things aren't going well, if we were supposed to be due for a recheck, like let's get that scheduled is really, really important. Amanda, tell me a little bit more about like the CIDL plan, CIDL appointment tools you kind of mentioned, and do they, how do they really work to increase the compliance we need from these clients? So, yeah, um, like the most, the biggest thing with CIDL point is, like I said, you, you want these on a regular set schedule. Uh, typically, we're looking at somewhere between four and eight weeks apart, and they should be based on the first few injections that they received when they came in to see the vet to begin with. So this is not a, we're trying to figure this out throughout the tech appointments, this should be an established, okay, Fluffy needs these every six weeks. So let's make sure we get these scheduled every six weeks. Um, the toolkit that goes along with the program, um, it does have a side of plan in there that we can share with the pet owner that includes the appointment date um, so that they understand the importance of coming back for this next scheduled injection. Um, owners can also sign up for side appointment injection reminders or what Zoetis calls side appointments on uh, Zoetis Pet Care Rewards at uh, www.com zoetispetcare.com forward slash reminders. Um, as a dermatologist, I always want to have more in-depth training. So is there more in-depth training available? Of course. Um, to learn more about Side of Point, they can also get 30 minutes of free CE credit. Um, they can visit uh, Zoetis Learning Solutions website and register for a 25-minute course. Uh, it's called Side of Point, Essential Facts and New Information You Need to Know by Dr. Valerie Fadok, who's a boarded dermatologist and a senior field specialist at Zoetis. Um, a code for the link to the course can be found at the end of the training video as well. That's great. I'll make sure in the show notes too, that we put um, a link there so that people can definitely check that out. Well, this has been a lot of fun and I just really enjoyed you guys kind of giving a different perspective of how really important technicians assistants are, you know, to our daily derm practice. Um, I know that they are really the ones that keep us on track and really keep our wheels going in our clinic. So, you know, Shannon, what are some final thoughts you have after our discussion today? Yeah. I mean, like you said, technicians are so important. The follow-up is super important. Client communication is incredibly important. And I think, you know, the more our technicians feel empowered to discuss treatment options with the clients, um, the more we'll really see that client compliance um, and just happier and healthier patients in general. So. Yeah. yeah, which we all want. Allergies are hard enough. Mm -hmm. Amanda, what are yes. some of your last thoughts? Um, you know, I do some in-house training in my area, and I am sometimes very surprised how underutilized technicians can be. And hoping with this program just to allow not only the technicians to get more comfortable being in front of owners and working more face-to-face -face with them, but also allowing the vets to get more comfortable with their technicians and empowering their technicians to do more than what they are currently doing. Yeah, absolutely. We all need to be utilizing our, our roles and doing the most we can with how busy everything's been. So utilization of technicians, I mean, it's, it's helpful for us. It's helpful for technicians to really learn and really enjoy what they're doing. This is what we commit our lives to. And I just want to thank both of you, not only for giving up, you know, time out of your busy schedules, but also just for what you do, you know, for hel helping us. Like, like I said, you guys are the ones that keep us on track. You guys are the ones that really do a lot in the clinic. And the most important thing is that allows all of us to help 
these pets, you know, help these um, itchy dogs so we can really give them a good quality of life. Um, so utilizing you guys assistance and dermatology practice is so important. And I just love seeing progression of programs like this that really enhance and elevate our care of allergic dogs. So thank you both so much, Amanda and Shannon for being on the Dermvet podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, that was such an amazing conversation with Amanda and and Shannon. I just have to say thank you to them for giving up time to be on the podcast. You know, utilizing our staff is so important. They have such an important role to play when we're managing these chronic diseases. And it was just wonderful to see the different perspectives from university and private practice. At the end of the day, we really need to make sure we have this team approach to managing these itchy dogs Um, and just having this new program out by Zoetis and having all these resources coming out so we can enhance our practice really allows us to practice best medicine. So I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and please check out the show notes so you can see some of the resources mentioned today. This podcast was sponsored by Zoetis, the makers of treatments including Apoquil, Oclocitinib Tablet, and Cytopoint. Zoetis is dedicated to changing the way we approach canine paritis to protect the bonds between the pet, the owner, and the veterinary team. Visit scienceofstrongerbonds.com for more information. Cytopoint has been shown to be effective for the treatment of dogs against allergic dermatitis and atopic dermatitis.